we establish that God is love. And we establish the fact that the way you perceive God will directly determine the way you receive from him. That it's important to see God clearly, right? Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a difference. I'm going to need your help, son. This keeps, this keeps turning off. Sorry, guys. And um, so today, we want to talk about receiving from God. It's important if God is love and, and it, we're seeing him clearly, then it's important that we learn to receive from him so that when we go out into the world, we look like him because we don't want to go out taking just dry religion to people. We want to take God to the world who is love. So we're going to go to Ephesians 3, verse 14. And it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What a scripture. What a scripture. We could talk about this for hours and hours. I'm going to try and condense it into a nice short little bite for you today. Paul is writing to the Ephesian church, right? And he starts with, for this reason. And so we have to ask the question, what, like, what's he even talking about? It's like starting a paragraph with therefore. We, wa- we need to know why that's there, right? For this reason. So in Ephesians 1 and 2, Paul was um, telling the Ephesian church who they are in Christ, what's available to them because they're believers now and because Christ has come. If you ever need a good dose of identity, you read Ephesians, like read Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, right? It'll tell you who you are. But he was like, because that is true and I want you to access everything that I've just written, I'm going to get on my knees and pray, Right? So because Ephesians 1 and 2 is true, I'm going to get on my knees because we need God. We need God in this situation. So for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. God is so much bigger than we give him credit for. And we need to start getting over ourselves and thinking that it is all about us. You sit here because God says so. You breathe in right now because God says so. Take a deep breath. You can do that because God says so. Right? Everyone comes from him. It's important. 
So he's just remembering, God, you're amazing and everything comes from you. I'm bowing my knees. I'm on my knees for these people um, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, the riches of God's glory, he's lifting up his head. He's like, I'm not praying according to my own understanding or my human intellect or what I've seen happen in the past. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot a little bit higher than that. And I'm going to pray according to the riches of your glory, God, which do you know what? I don't even fully understand. I'm sure he was like having a brain explosion at the time, but he's like, I'm going to pray according to, to your standard, to your glory, right? It is in the glory realm, anything is possible, right? When God's glory entered the temple, they couldn't stand up to minister, right? When God's glory manifests on the earth, people get healed. People get set free. Demons have to flee. People get born again, right? When, you know, the riches of his glory, we can't even begin to comprehend it. You know, if you want a bit of a picture, you can look at Revelation 4 and it talks about the throne of God and, and he's sitting on the throne and there's Jasper and Carnelian and there's rainbows surrounding the throne, right? And, and there's a sea of glass and there's 24 elders seated around the throne and they're casting down their crowns saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to, in, is to come, right? We're praying according to that realm, not according to this realm here. He, uh, that according to the riches of his glory... He may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Paul was, he was praying, God, I know how powerful you are. And I pray that you would strengthen them on the inside so that Christ can dwell in your heart, in their hearts. And at the end of the day, that's what we need. We need Jesus on the inside. We can have knowledge in our head that does not make a scrap of difference to how we live. The only thing that changes us from the inside out is when Jesus comes and lives on the inside. It's when his spirit comes alive on the inside of a Christian, right? And that's what we need. Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put in you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Step one, the spirit comes in. Step two, you automatically start following in his ways. Sometimes we get it round, round the wrong way. We're like trying to, trying to measure up to a standard, but we can't do it without him on the inside, right? And I feel like for many of us, we need to actually stop praying for 
symptomatic problems. Like we'll often be like, oh God, I just pray that Mary will stop smoking or that Joe will stop looking at pornography or my kids won't, won't hang out with those dodgy friends. Actually, we need to be praying that the Spirit of God would dwell in their hearts. We need to pray for people because that is the only thing that is going to transform a human being. And we can pray for people and preach about all of the different problems that people face, but the only thing that will transform them is Jesus on the inside and the Spirit of God working in their hearts. So as people of God, we need to be like Paul. We need to be on our knees praying for people. Not for all their problems. Praying that Christ would dwell in their hearts. Because that's what's going to change their lives. It's not enough to just know about him. That won't keep you. That won't transform you. Story time. In 2017, I was running a discipleship program for kids. And I had a fire in my belly because I had Jesus on the inside. And I was like, I just got to teach these kids. They've got to get it. They've got to understand all the things that I didn't fully understand when I was a kid. Imagine what God will do with a generation that can get it when they're when they're six years old and they walk in it for all of their life, right? They get to start where, where I am now. They get to start there. So imagine what they're going to look like when they're my age. This is, these are the things I dream about, right? And so we're running this discipleship program. And I was like, right, God, we're going to unpack the gospel and they are going to understand everything, And so we did. Like we systematically unpacked the gospel. Kids were getting saved. They were responding. They were making Jesus their Lord. And they understood, right, that this is not a sprinkle on top gospel. They're laying down their life to follow Jesus. They understood that. They understood about being baptized, that they're dying to sin and they're rising in the newness of life, that they're new creations. They understood all of that. Um, And it got about halfway through the year and I was like, I had a conversation with the Lord. (laughs) I was like, God, I've taught them and they've responded, but I'm not seeing transformation. I'm still seeing them have fights and just, I don't know, just sin. I'm seeing sin. I'm not seeing this boom, these amazing weapons who are walking in holiness and righteousness. And I was like, what? Like, rah. And beautiful Isaiah, he was 11 at the time. And he was just starting to get a little bit too cool for school. And he, in his heart, I, I've asked him if I can share this, by the way. So he knows, he knows um, that I'm sharing this. And his heart had got a little bit hard and, and, he'd, and I was just like, and I started to like pray those prayers. I was like, God, please don't let him talk to me like that. God, can you please make him shiny on the outside? Um, and he had said yes to following Jesus and he'd been baptized. So I was 
on my knees before the Father and I was like, God, what do I do now? What, like, what's missing? What's happening? And the Lord chuckled. He did a little chuckle and he just said, Naomi, they don't know me yet. They don't know me yet. All, it's all up here and it hasn't sunk down here and they don't know me yet. And I was like, of course, of course, they don't know you. And so the next time we met, we looked at John 17 verse 3, which says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom, whom you sent. And we talked about what it looked like to know God and to engage with him. And then we set them up. We said, lie on the floor, sit, get comfortable, because we're going to invite God to come and speak to you and to interact with you. And so all of these little people sit on the floor or they lie down. And I watched in absolute awe as the Spirit of God, you could feel his presence come into the room. I watched as this one, 11 years old, tears streaming down his face. And the encounter time finished and he got up off the floor and he came over to me and he said, Mum, and I was trying to play it cool because I was like, I really want to know everything. I, I want to be like, tell me everything. What happened? But I was like, play it cool, play it cool. This is what I'm saying in my head. Play it cool, play it cool. <laughs> and he's like, Mum, I'm really hungry, so I'm going to go and get some lunch, but then I'm going to come back and I'm going to help you pack up the room. He had never offered to help, ever. I wasn't even sure he knew all of the stuff that, that needed to be done, right? And so off he, and I'm like, sure, great. And off he went and he got, got himself some lunch. Ten minutes later, he's back. And he's like, all right, what do we have to do? And he vacuumed the floor and he helped me pack the boxes up. And they were sitting outside and he's like, mum, how about I take them out to the car for you? Like, I didn't even have to direct him. He's just like, I'll take these out to the car. And he got them all packed up. And then he's like, is it okay if I go play now? I'm just going to go play. And I'm like, yes, go, right? And I'm just like, what's happened? Who is this boy? And we got in the car and I was busting by then. I couldn't play it cool anymore. And I was like, what happened? Tell me what happened. And he... he looked at me, and the other kids are in the back, I don't know what the heck they're doing, but he said, I was waiting for Jesus, and he came. I saw him, and it, tears start filling his eyes, and he said, I wanted to make sure it was really him, and not my imagination, so I asked him a really hard maths equation, that I wouldn't know the answer to. And I'm like, what happened? And he just burst into tears. He said, he's remembering. <laughs> he said, he, he said the right answer 
And I just knew it was the right one. And he was bawling. He was bawling. And he said... <laughs> we forget, don't we, son, sometimes. Uh, and, I, and I said, like, what else did he say? And he, he was like, Jesus told me that he had a, a plan for my life. And he has something special in store for me. And he told me that he loves me. He just spoke identity over him. I had a soft-hearted boy ever since that day. He's never gone back to being hard-hearted. Not once. We've had conversations, of course. Like Like, we've had things that we've had to walk through. But my goodness... He met Jesus that day and all of a sudden it went from in his head to in his heart. And then he was like, oh my goodness, God is real. And then all of a sudden he's learning to hear God's voice for himself, right? And he's learning how to, how to hear from God and he's had dreams and visions since then because Holy Spirit is on the inside. Jesus is living on the inside. And I didn't have to be like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. Because he's got the Spirit of God on the inside. And when he just starts stepping off the path, like he can feel that it's wrong. Because God's inside of him. God keeps him on the path. It's hard to be, a, it's hard to be his age. It's hard to be a 16-year-old in this world right now. Everyone's doing silly stuff right? Only God will keep them on the path. Only God will keep you on the path. God on the inside, right? So that's why Paul's on his knees. He's praying that you would have the strength. They would be strengthened. Let's get the words right. With power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, right? So, sorry, I don't have like neat points today, but if there was a point one, it's like pray that God would dwell in your heart. There you go. Pray that God would dwell in your heart. Hallelujah. And, and for anyone else that you're leading, you're discipling, you might all, someone might be sitting here saying, well, I don't lead anyone. Well, firstly, you lead yourself. So lead yourself. Pray this over yourself. But then if you're a mom, you're a grandma, grandpa, auntie, uncle, pray this over your children. Pray this over anyone that you're leading, small group, youth group, kids, kids church, whatever it might be, work situation, pray this. Pray that Christ would dwell in their hearts and that, he, that, that they would know him. Halfway through 17, that you being rooted and grounded in love. We need our roots to go down deep into love, into his love. Immediately I'm reminded of the parable of the sower. We don't have time to go there. But we need to like remember that some seed fell on the rocky soil and it sprung up quick, right? Because it was like, yes, I believe in God. Yes, I'm, I'm hungry for him. Yes. 
but it didn't have any root. So what happened? When the wind and the sun came, it withered. And that, that's what happens to so many people because they don't, they're not rooted in the love of God. They don't have their foundation set, right? Some homework. Who, who's writing notes? <clears throat> Some homework this week. How do you get rooted in the love of God? How do you get rooted? How, do, how does that take root in your life? Firstly, like read your Bible. <laughs> it's a story of God chasing after humanity, reconciling it to reconciling a lost humanity to himself. But there's some scriptures that you can look at and read and, and think about and meditate, like chew on them, ask the Lord questions, like read these scriptures and say, make this real to me, God. I don't just want to know it up here. I want to know it here. I want to experience your love, just like Isaiah did that day, in a personal way. He can be personal to you, Right? And, and that's what we need because when we have that personal relationship and that connection with God, come hell or high water, we are not going to fall down. We are not going to, we're not going to leave him. I'm not going to leave him. It's impossible for me to walk away now because I'm rooted and grounded in his love. Doesn't matter what happens. I would rather die than, than deny him, right? doesn't matter what evil plans are happening in the world. I, I'm on team Jesus. He's in me and, and we're going to be okay. Amen? It's important. Pray that they would or that you would be rooted and grounded in love. Number two. Uh, we'll go to verse 18 uh, from 17. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, Paul's praying right there. He's like, give them strength, God, to know that this is so much bigger than they think. It's so much bigger. It's so much more than going to a service or saying a prayer to go to heaven. It's so much bigger than warming a seat on Sunday and saying a few prayers here or there. There's a bigger plan than your little life. And for you to take hold of all Christ has taken a hold of for you, you need to be able to comprehend his love. And so Paul's like, pray that you would be able to comprehend. And, and he's, he's there, he says right there, he's praying that we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. It seems impossible. How can you know something that's beyond knowledge? It's like... Like, why are you even saying that? And you know, that's the whole point. <laughs> I can be here all week 
right? Getting into the nitty-gritty of the Greek and the Hebrew and what the commentaries say. Like, we can go that way. I was thinking about, Dad was like, what do you think about the four dimensions of love? What are the four dimensions? Pastor Robert McGorman, he's like, what are the four dimensions of love? We think three-dimensional. What are? And so I was like thinking about that. And I'm like, yep. It, at the end of the day, like the whole point is we can't comprehend it with our natural minds, which is why we need the Spirit of God to strengthen us so that we can comprehend it by His Spirit. Because I can talk to you till I'm blue in the face and we can educate, sure, but to know the love of Christ, to have an experiential understanding of it that's personal to you, that makes you lay down your life and follow Him, that can only happen by the Spirit of God. You can attend church every Sunday for 50 years and not actually be at a point where you're like, I will pick up my cross and I'm going to follow you. Hopefully not this church. Hopefully we'll get you there a little quicker. But that's why I'm on my knees praying for you guys. God, Dwell in their hearts. May they know you. May they comprehend your love. Help them. I need you working in their lives, Holy Spirit, because my fancy words, they're not very fancy and they're not going to cut it. We need you, Holy Spirit. I can't make people know him. You can't either. I can't make my children know him. We need to be on our knees. We need the Holy Spirit. How are we going for time? Are you bored yet? Do you want another story? Do you want one more story? Um, shortly after I sort of had an awakening of the reality of the gospel, I'm just trying to... I was, I was like a mad woman trying to get truth because I'd, I'd been awakened to the reality of the gospel after not understanding for a long, long time, right? And then I cry out to the Lord for understanding. He's like, boom, here's some understanding for you. So then I'm like, who on earth is preaching this straight because I want to learn and so I'm like, God, I'm just going to position myself to grow. I want to suck all of the knowledge and the wisdom and the how-to out of anyone who will give it to me, right? So I'm on this mission. I go to a church group one night, hardly know anyone in the room. I can't remember what they preached about, right? Can't remember for the life of me or, or what we read about in the Word. It would be all the things that we talk about here. Um, it was good, they were like, right, we're going we're gonna to pray together and then we're just going to let the Holy Spirit just speak to us. And I rolled my eyes and I was like, oh, that's, that's great. Nothing ever happens for me when, when we have these times. So there was zero faith, no faith at all. 
except that I'm hungry for, for him and I've positioned myself in this, in this space, right? Zero faith. Except I, I know he's real. <laughs> there is a little bit of faith there. Anyway, so they put some music on and I close my eyes expecting nothing to happen. And I see my first vision, if you like. And I see a room, an empty room, and I'm sitting in the middle of the room. I'm not a very imaginative person, so I knew straight away this is, this is not me making this up. <laughs> I was sitting on a stool, and then in walked Jesus. So it was like a it was like a movie screen, clear as day. In walked Jesus, and he had an easel under his arm. And he walks into the middle, and he looks at me and has a little smile, and he sets up his easel, and he begins to paint. So now I've got Jesus staring at me and painting, right? It, it was like super intense. It was an intense moment. And he painted, and then he turns it round to show me he was finished. And he had painted me like a master painter. And I was like, like, wow. Like, I'm just like, I can't believe I'm seeing all this. And I can't believe I'm seeing Jesus. And I can't believe he's painting. Like, my brain is just being exploded. And then he turns around to a wall. And I became aware of a wall at the back of the room. And he tries to find a place to put this painting and off, off he goes and he hangs it up on the wall. And then I sort of zoom back and I become aware of how big this wall is. It, it was, I couldn't see the end of it. I looked to the right and to the left and I couldn't see where it ended. And I looked up and it just went up and up and up into the heavens and I couldn't see the end of it. And then I looked at the wall. I took in what was on the wall. And that, that, was what, that, that was what undid me. Because on the wall was paintings of me from every moment of my life, every tear, every laugh, every interaction with a human, every single thing. He hadn't just captured it with a camera. He'd bothered to take the time to paint it and hang it on the wall. And I couldn't see how high it went up or how wide the wall was. It, and I was just left in a puddle on the floor because all of a sudden, the Lord had just, here's some love for you, Naomi. Let me try and show you what this scripture is talking about. And he'd made it personal to me. And he wants to do the same to you. He wants you to encounter his love in a way that's personal to you. For Isaiah, it's mathematics and Rubik's cubes and intelligent conversations. <laughs> for me, it was some paintings on a wall the invitation here is that we would pray every day that we would comprehend the love of God because when you begin to comprehend his love, it changes everything. 
It changes how you walk. It changes how you see yourself. It changes how you treat others. It changes everything. And we desperately need to be people who are filled with the love of God in a world that is broken and hurting. Hallelujah. And the last little bit there. May have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's the invitation. It sounds absurd that as people we could be filled with the fullness of God. The gospel is incredible. And what the world needs, what I want to be remembered for, is someone who is filled with the fullness of God. So I'm on my knees every day. God, I want to be filled with the fullness of God. I want to be more like you every day. I'm not actually thinking about all the trouble and all the problems in the world. My mind is fixed on him and I'm like, help me to look like you, Jesus. Thank you that you live in me. Strengthen me on the inside that I may continue to comprehend the wonderful, the, the riches and the glorious nature of your love. So three, pray that you would comprehend the love of God and be filled with the fullness of God. I'm actually not praying that we would have thousands and thousands of people in this church. I'm praying that we would have people who know God and are filled with his fullness. And I feel like that will eventually result in thousands of people being part of this church. Because when we are filled with the fullness of God, we go and rescue the ones that are broken and hurting and lost. And we bring them into family. That's why we're here. We don't gather to have a little happy club. We gather on a Sunday to be stirred up to love and good works, to remind ourselves of who he is and who we are, and then to go out with our hearts on fire, filled with faith that God's going to move. The world needs him. So my encouragement is that you will pray this for yourself, and for anyone you're leading or discipling. And I also want to encourage you, I don't tell you like stories to make you be like, whoa, well that doesn't happen for me. I, I tell you that to, so that you can be hungry because I used to be that person that it didn't ever happen for. I, I want you to go into your room and close the door and wait on God and expect that he'll meet you there. Because it's his good pleasure to meet with you. He wants to fill you up with his love. He wants you to know him. He wants you to be filled with his fullness. And you know, that's not going to happen while you're on your phone 24-7. <laughs> Newsflash. You know, how do we engage with God? Like a few little ways. These little things. Take communion. You want to know about the love of God? 
This is a big reset. It's like him saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. We went there last week. If you weren't here, listen to the podcast because it's a good reminder. We, we, hammered, we hammered the importance of this, right? Be in the word of God. That's an encounter waiting to happen. The word of God is living and active and you will meet Jesus in the word, right? Prayer, talk to God and wait for him to answer you. It's not just a one-way conversation, it's a two-way. Ask him questions, engage with the spirit of God. He loves it when we listen or when we ask him questions. He's not a distant, far-off God, right? Go for a walk. Just unplug and go for a walk on the beach. Go for a walk in nature. You will meet him there. Worship, wait on him. You know, just a few little ideas to get you started. Praise the Lord. We need to land the plane. (sighs) Should we take this together? Let's remember him. Jesus, we don't just want to be people who know about you and who have head knowledge. We thank you, Lord, that it is by your body broken and your blood shed that we can have intimate fellowship with you, the God of the universe. It's by your body being broken and your blood being poured out that we can know you intimately and be filled with the Spirit of God. You can be on the inside of us because of what you did, Jesus, and we never, ever want to take that for granted. So, God, today we say we remember. We remember you and we say thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We don't, have to, we don't have to struggle in darkness. We can be in the light. We can be filled with your love. We can have your presence, even in hard circumstances. We thank you, Lord, that your word says that you made us one spirit with you. Thank you, Lord, that, that your body was broken for us. And we just take it now and we remember it, Father. We remember your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can just eat your bread and just say, thank you, God. And we thank you for your bloodshed, Jesus. It washes our sins as far as the east is from the west. We can come boldly into the throne room of grace to find help in our time of need because of your blood. We thank you, Lord, that you've made us holy, blameless and above reproach in your sight. We thank you, Lord, that we have access to intimate relationship with you.
So we take this and remember you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we just declare for all of us that we would know you more. That we would walk out of here and know you more than we did yesterday. That we would put the lesser things aside. And that we would seek your face and that we would meet you. Your word says, when you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart. And I pray for a renewed hunger over all of us, Father, to seek you and to find you. To meet with you. To meet with you, Lord. And I just pray, Father, for all of us. That you would strengthen us all with power through your spirit in our inner being. So that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. That we all, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that we all, individually and corporately, may be filled with all the fullness of God. Jesus, we pray that we would live lives worthy of your sacrifice. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to close. I'm going to say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. Amen.